You are listening to a 14-week teaching series from Jubilee Church entitled Acts. Luke, the author of Acts, tells us in chapter 1, verse 1, that the Gospels were only the beginning of all Jesus did and taught. The book of Acts is the continuation of Jesus' ministry on earth through the church, and this story is continuing today. This sermon series will address key themes in the book of Acts and connect them with our lives today. If you would like more information about Jubilee Church, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Start off with this guy named Peter, this guy named Cornelius. And uh, last week, uh, like I said, we had a a guest speaker, Toppy, who very helpfully uh, talked us through the life of Simon Peter. So he started off as this guy, uh, pretty impetuous guy, pretty crazy, like the kind of guy that's just going to, you know, go cliff diving without checking the depth of the water. You know, he's the one who, when Jesus was walking on the water, said, hey, Jesus, let me, can I come walk on the water with you? Just, if it's you, call me out. Jesus is like, all right, come on out. So he jumps out, and, you know, he sinks, but Jesus pulls him up. He's the one who hacks off the ear of the uh, soldier who's coming to attack Jesus, and Jesus has to say, look, you're just, you're making a mess. This isn't the way. Jesus heals the guy's ear. Uh, Peter's kind of always always just jumping in over his head and, and making these messes. But, uh, but what we see going on here is the continuation of the mission that Jesus started. So this is the theme that we've been covering throughout this whole series of Acts. Like, what is the church for? What are we doing here? Like, what are we doing here at the lake? What are we doing on planet Earth? What's the point of the church anyway? And, and the point that Jesus came, Jesus started something when he was living. He started this mission, and he invited his disciples into it. So the beginning of Acts in chapter 1, right before uh, Jesus ascends into heaven, so after he died on the cross, after he rose again, and he's spending time with his disciples, right before he's about to go back to heaven, Jesus says to them, look, you need to wait uh, for the power of the Holy Spirit, and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the to the ends of the earth. And then he and then he ascends up into heaven. And so that would be like if Jesus came to us today and said, All right, Jubilee Church at the Lake, you guys are gonna be my witnesses to Lake of the Ozarks, to all of Missouri in the Midwest region, and all of the United States and to the ends of the earth. That that would be kind of geographically similar. And so uh, you think about that, that seems like that's a, big, that's a big job description, right? That's a, you know, you think, okay, Lake of the Ozarks, you know, maybe we can do that. A lot of us know a lot of people around this town. We could witness to Jesus in the Lake of the Ozarks. Okay, all of, all of Missouri, that's a little bit bigger. Got Kansas City and St. Louis and Springfield and Columbia. And then, okay, the whole Midwest region, okay, that's, that's, that's a little bit bigger. And then... Okay, the ends of the earth, what, okay, Jesus, what are you, this is, this is too big of a job. This is crazy. I, um, I, uh, I'm a computer programmer by trade. It was what I, I went to school for, and I still do a little bit of that on the side. I, I build iPhone apps, and so in June, I started on this project. Um, I, I interviewed with this uh, startup company, and they hired me, and what had happened, they had a guy who was building this, this uh, iPhone app for them, and he got hired by another company, so he left. So I'm coming in to take this over. So he had already started, he'd already got a bunch of code, 
together and it was already like sort of part of it was working and so I had to finish the job so writing writing computer programs is is a lot like writing in a foreign language um, so it's it's a little bit crazy it's a little bit weird and there's lots of different ways to write so you know if you're writing a paper or an essay you can you can write uh, you know a hundred different ways there's a hundred different ways to communicate the same the same thought and so I get going on this project and uh, things like the first day things are all right second day starting to get complicated the third day I'm like what was this guy thinking I just don't understand like he was a really smart guy so I'm thinking maybe like his brain is just like on this other level and I don't understand this part of the code and what how it was supposed to work together but I've got to I've got to fix this and so I don't know if maybe like maybe you've been in a similar situation when where you've been hired for a job because someone else was leaving the company so you're you're taking over for someone and they kind of you know maybe they're around for the obligatory two weeks and they kind of train you and then they're like all right see ya and so things go okay you know day one day two everybody's nice and like the second week they're they're starting to expect you to you know do the job and you're still like I don't know what I wasn't trained in this part like how are you expecting me to do this what do I do you know or if you maybe if you're in uh, school if you're a high school student and, and math is the worst because you get these math teachers who have been teaching it for years and, and it all makes sense to them and so they kind of run they kind of slam through things and give you your homework or give you a quiz and you go home and you're like what this doesn't look like how they did it on the board you know like how how does this work out and you think man if only if only I could like talk to the teacher or if only I could talk to the person who who was there before and so I was just really frustrated really were like how am I gonna get through this and then it dawned on me hey I have I have Mike's email address he was he was the guy who I took over for and he had told me he was like hey you can email me anytime so I thought you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna email him so I drafted up this email sent it off and uh, and later that evening he sent me an email back and, and explained oh this is what here's what I was thinking when I when I wrote that part and here's how it's supposed to work and oh it makes it makes complete sense now you know before I was just wondering like what what was in his mind what was going on I don't I don't understand his plans or his thoughts, uh, but I just ask him, and he and he says back, and oh, there it is, it's clear. It, like hours, days of of work on my part just made clear because he explained, because I asked a question, and he listened, and uh, and that's what we see is going on in this story with Peter and Cornelius. We the story starts off with uh, these two guys listening to God. And uh, and like I said at the beginning, God has God has got us on this huge mission. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna be my witness at Lake of the Ozarks and in all the region, and in all the country and in all the world. And a, a lot of times we may think we hear the word witness, we hear the words evangelism, and maybe some of the things that pop into our head are like the dude with the megaphone down on the street corner yelling, "Hey, you're all gonna burn if you don't turn!" Right? That's sort of these ideas that we get. Uh, from witnessing and evangelism, but actually all witnessing is, it's, it's like in a jury trial, the witness is just there to answer questions and to tell what really happened. The, wi the witness isn't the lawyer 
So it's the lawyer's job to convince, to argue, to make the case. The witness doesn't have to argue or make a case. The witness just has to explain what happened. And, and that's what Jesus is saying when he says, hey, you're going to be my witnesses. You don't have to convince people. You don't have to argue them and bash the Bible down their throats. You just have to, you have to explain when they ask, hey, this is, I love Jesus. He's changed my heart. He's changed my life. And, and people will ask, what, you know, what is this about? What's up with, why do you go to church every Sunday? That's kind of weird. You just explain, hey, God's done something in my heart. I'm going to witness to the fact that I'm a different person than I was. That's, that's what it means to be a witness. It's just to explain what, who Jesus is and the truth of what, what has happened. So that's, that's what we're talking about. That's what God calls us into, being, being a witness to him. And uh, to do that, to witness to him, we need, we have to have God's voice speaking to us. It's like me trying to figure out this computer program without help. I, it would have been, been really rough going. God calls us into a mission, but then he doesn't call us to do it by ourselves. He says, look, I'll be there with you. I'll speak to you. All you have to do is ask me. And so this morning, we're going we're gonna to look at what, is it, what does it mean to hear God, to hear his voice, to follow the things that he says to us. And uh, I realize this is coming off the back of Halloween, and so maybe you're a little bit new to church and you're thinking, man, the pastor's talking about hearing God. That's like spooky, right? It's like ghosts and, you know, what's kind of mystical thing? What's up with that? Um, it, it is a little bit mystical, but it's, it's not as spooky as you may think, and hopefully I'll be able to explain that well. But um, the, the first thing that we can learn from this story about hearing God uh, and the most important thing, and if you have a pen, grab a pen, write this down. This is the most important advice I can give you about hearing the voice of God. You guys ready for this? The first step in hearing God's voice is listening. Yeah, it's rocket science. No, it's, it's listening. If you want to hear what someone has to say to you, you listen to them. It's, it's, a, it's a conversation. It's a relationship. Now, I will say this. Listening maybe is not as easy as uh, it seems, especially for us guys. Uh, my wife is not in here, but if you, if you ask any wife uh, in here, they will tell you that, that listening, you know, if I say I'm listening, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm listening. Like, you need my eyes to be focused. You need attention. Listening is an active thing. It's not, it's not a passive thing. It doesn't just sort of happen. You have, to, you have to be engaged. So when Shannon's talking to me, I mean, I can be present in the room, but my brain can be like, ooh, you know, somewhere else. I could be thinking about 100 different things, and she's talking to me, and five minutes later, I kind of wake up and realize, ooh, she's talking to me. Uh, this is going to be bad because <laughs> I missed it. She was trying to say something, and it, it's gone. I wasn't there. Listening... Listening takes work. And so we see uh, Peter at the beginning of this story. He's up on the roof. He's by himself. He was, he was hanging out with some friends. They're, they're making him lunch. They're fixing him a meal. And he goes off by himself to pray and to listen to God. So he's, he's put these, these distractions uh, behind him. Cornelius 
I'm not, it, the Bible doesn't uh, specifically say where he was at. Maybe he was at home. Maybe he was at work. But it does say that he, he prayed continually. He was in the habit of listening to God, to hear what God says. And the first thing he says when the angel appears, it does say he was, he was terrified, uh, which I think makes complete sense. Uh, I'd be terrified if some, you know, shining angel appeared right in my room. But the first thing he says is, what do you want? He's, he's ready to listen. What do you have to say to me? I want to I hear what you're saying. Both of these guys were ready to listen to what God had to say th- to them. Uh, another just practical piece of advice, and this is like some of the most spiritual stuff when you're talking about listening to God. Turn off your cell phone. Seriously, I am I'm the worst at this uh, because I'm all into computers. I've got all kinds of notifications and alerts buzzing on my phone. To, to get time to actively hear God, uh, we have to eliminate distractions. We have to, like, go to, go to war against these distractions. There's we, and even so much more than the biblical times, and I'm sure Peter was, was probably busy out of his mind. So just the chapter before we read, he, had, he raised a girl to life. Like thousands of people are coming to hear him talk, seeing miracles. The church is growing every day. So this guy's like famous in the region. People are coming from all, all around towns just to hear what he has to say about God. And so he's having to, he's like, look, I'm going to stay with this other guy down by the sea. I'm getting away from this. I'm going to get time to hear God. Going up on the roof. People aren't going to bother me. I'm, I'm taking this time. Jesus did that time and time again. We see he would be preaching. Uh, there would be thousands of people coming from miles around. You think, Jesus, man, if I had success like that, let's, let's book the preaching tour, man. Let's get the, uh, get the arena downtown. And Jesus sneaks away early in the morning just to be by himself and pray. He's not, he's not distracted by the success or the failure of his, uh, of his preaching tour. He was singly focused on hearing the word of God. Because Peter, both Peter and Jesus realize the mission that God has called us on requires the voice of God to show us the plans of God. The mission, let me say that again, the mission that God has called us to requires that we hear God's voice to show us God's plan. That's the only way we're going to accomplish this grand mission that God has called us to. And, and to be honest, I mean, God, God's plans are weird. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm not allowed to say that. I'm a pastor. God does strange things, all right? If, you're, if you've even cracked your Bible open, there are, there are time and time again, there are strange things that God does. I would not make plans like God does. They, they don't seem smart. So in the Old Testament, let me just throw out a couple. There was this guy named Gideon. He was self-proclaimed the weakest man, a part of the weakest family in the whole country. And God comes to him and says, Gideon, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, sorry, is there someone else here? I am, I am currently hiding in a well because I'm afraid that this other nation is going to attack us. I am not the mighty man of valor. Right. But God calls him to lead an army that is uh, quite a bit smaller than it could have been uh, to 
beat uh, this, this nation, uh, this neighboring nation that had been oppressing them and to bring freedom to God's people. That was God's plan. Uh, another one of God's plans, there was this guy named Joshua, another military leader. They're about to uh, invade this city called Jericho. God's leading them to the land he promised to them. It's got big walls, towering ramparts, thinking castle, you know, moat, that kind of thing. And God comes to Joshua and says, all right, Joshua, here's the game plan. I want you, Joshua's like, yeah, I'm ready for this. You know, this angel with the sword is looking great. Joshua's thinking, we've got this. We are going to win this. He says, all right, you, Joshua, you need to get your musicians. Joshua's like, okay, musicians, that's a little weird. And send them first. Joshua's thinking, musicians first? That doesn't make any sense. And walk around the city. And Joshua's thinking, and then, and then we attack, right? It's like a sneak attack. God's like, no, you just walk around the city, and that's it, and then you're done. And Joshua's like, is that, is that really it? And God's like, well, you're going to do that seven times. You're going to do it once a day for a week. And then at the end, Joshua's like, oh, here's where it gets good. At the end, then you, then you blow some trumpets and shout. What? You do what? You blow some trumpets. And, and God used that, and then God knocked the walls down. And, and they beat the city. Jesus, when he was on the earth, this blind man came to Jesus, was asking for healing. And Jesus uh, bent down in the ground and spit in the dirt and then took this dirt and, and stuck it in the guy's blind eyes. Now, the guy was blind, so maybe he didn't realize what was going on. So maybe Jesus was like, well, he can't see anyway, so I can <laughs> stick the spit in his eyes. But, uh, but God used that to heal this guy's eyes, right? That is weird. That is strange. All these things. God does strange things. God, God doesn't make plans that make sense to our minds. He does weird things, but then he takes those weird things and, and uses them to do amazing things. Yeah, it had to be God because we wouldn't come up with plans like that. That's insane. But God used it uh, with Gideon to set people free who were oppressed, with Joshua to bring God's people into promises, with Jesus to bring sight to someone who was blind since he was born. God uses these strange plans to do amazing and wonderful things, to change people's lives forever. That's what God invites us in on. So, so we really have to hear God's voice. Because there's no way we can strategize this stuff. There's no way we can just sit around and think, you know, the church leader sitting around, you know, what do you, what do you think we could do? Maybe we could, uh, you know, spit in some dirt and heal some blind eyes. You know, <laughs> we're not, that's not stuff we're going to think of. And God does, he does different things every time. Just so we can draw closer to him to hear his voice. So, so first, we have to, we have to listen to God. We have to actively uh, hear him. We have to eliminate the distractions. The next thing we see in this story with uh, Cornelius and Peter is uh, once they hear God, and especially with Cornelius, he takes action right away. So the angel comes to him. The angel's very direct and clear. He says, hey, send some guys. Go find this guy named Peter. And right away, Cornelius, it says he, he brings a couple servants he gets even a trusted uh, soldier in his regiment. He says, look, I, an angel just told me this stuff. It, require, it required action. 
God doesn't just speak to us just so we can feel good about ourselves. God speaks to us because there's something that he wants us to do. There's someone that he wants us to help, to encourage, to be there for, to redirect. God, God is a very active God. He's on the move. He's doing things. And so God's, God's voice doesn't come to us just for fun, just so we can pat ourselves on the back. God is in the saving business. He's uh, in the scriptures it says God is devising ways and means that people may be saved. He's strategizing. God's putting all these little pieces together. And on the front end, we think, man, this sounds crazy, but God's got it all planned out. And it takes action on our part. When, when we hear God, we must take action. Now with Peter, it's a little bit more confusing. So he sees this sheet come down. He sees all these animals that uh, Jewish people were not allowed to eat because of their traditions and customs. And so the action wasn't, wasn't like, you know, Peter. it says Peter was perplexed. He saw this and is kind of like, what does this mean? I am, I am confused. Uh, let me just say it's okay to be confused at God sometimes. Sometimes he says things or we read things in the scripture and we think, I don't get it. What does that mean, God? But then, but then, you know, just a few verses later, God takes that and shows him what he means. And then, you know, these guys show up and immediately Peter's like, oh, that's what, that's what God was meaning. It wasn't really about food. It was about me spending time with people who I normally wouldn't spend time with. Who wouldn't, because of traditions and our laws, I wouldn't be allowed to spend time with these people. God's saying, no, you, you follow my plans, not these traditions. So we, we have to take action. Another thing that's interesting to see about this action that these guys took is that it involved other people. It involved a community. And I think this is, this is hugely important when, when hearing God's voice, is that it, it always involves community and people. I, I know sometimes it's easy to get off and you, you feel like, oh, I think God spoke to me on this, and this is just for, this is just for me and God. I'm just going to go do this by myself. No, in the, Christi- in the Christian faith, lone rangers are dead rangers. Going, going by yourself is not a good thing to do, all right? And so Cornelius, the first thing he does, he tells his servants, he tells a trusted friend. And, uh, I mean, you think about that, this respected Roman general, do you think that might have been strange for him to tell his soldier, so I just saw an angel? Like, what do you think the soldier was thinking? Really? Like, what were you eating for lunch, man? What's what's up with this? But, uh, but he explains it to him, and then later when they get to Peter's house, they're, they're saying to Peter, hey, Peter, this, this Cornelius, this friend of ours, he's, he's well-respected by the Jews. He loves God. They're, they're making a case for him. They believed what Cornelius said to them. They, they confirmed God's word to him. And similarly, Peter, we find uh, in the chapter we read, it says he brought some of the brothers with him. Uh, later in the next chapter, we find out he brought six guys with him to Cornelius's house. And so, so again, Peter would have had to have, once he came down off of the roof, tell these guys, hey, I just saw this vision. God was speaking to me. And uh, here's, here's what I think it meant. And these guys, you know, maybe they were talking about it. What do you think God was saying to him? And, and Cornelius's men show up and these, all these guys 
with Peter, they're saying, yeah, this is God. God's doing something. They're, they're confirming it. See, we need, we need community to confirm the word of God to us. Uh, because sometimes, sometimes, you know, we're just, we're people. We're not perfect. Sometimes we may think God's speaking to us, and it may just be, you know, the mustard sandwich we had for lunch, something, something weird going on, or just had a bad dream, and you're like, no, that's, that's not God's spirit. That may be some other weird spirit. Um, that's the, the spirit of your bad lunch. But uh, we, need, we need people who are trusted friends who we can go to to say, hey, I think God's saying this to me. What do you think? Can you, you know me, and you know God, and I trust you. Can you confirm this? That's how God, God always speaks into community. So there's, there's community action that comes out from this. The community goes. Peter comes with community. Cornelius has uh, his soldiers and then brings his family together and his closest friends. So he would have told his whole family, his closest friends, hey, here's, here's what God has been saying. Here's what I think God's doing. I think this is going to be big for us and for our family. I think God's doing something new here. What do you think? And they're like, yeah, I think, I think God's doing something. I think he's, I think he's speaking to us. And, and God, God can speak in a lot of ways, just to kind of back up the tracks a little bit. If you're, you're hearing me say God's speaking, how does that work? You know, does a voice boom out of, out of heaven? I think there's actually lots of ways in the Bible that we see how God speaks. The two in this story are uh, in dreams and visions. So with, with Peter, he has a, he has a, he goes into a trance, kind of a daydream. He sees this sheet, and he kind of he comes to himself afterwards, and it's not there, and he realizes, oh, God was speaking to me in a dream. With Cornelius, and an angel appears to him. And um, actually, just to jump back to the dreams, uh, there there are other stories in Scripture, throughout Scripture, where God spoke to people through dreams. And actually, I've had um, God spoken to me uh, a little bit ago through a dream. Uh, was living back in St. Louis, and um, had a dream one night. It was a good friend of mine. He was in the dream, and I remember he was uh, he was really worried in the dream about about his finances that he wasn't going to have enough money. And uh, it was kind of it was kind of a weird dream. I remember like I don't oftentimes dream about you know people I know, and it was it was pretty clear and vivid. And I thought, well, that was interesting. And so a few days later, I called up my friend and. Um, you know, guys talking about dreams or feelings. That's, that's weird. But um, I, fi- I finally got up the courage. I, I called him. I said, hey, man, this is going to sound really weird. But I uh, had a dream about you the other day, and you were, you were really worried about your finances. You seemed really stressed out. And uh, he was quiet for a minute, and he said, that's, that's me these last two weeks. That's been me. And I, I'd have never known. I mean, he's the kind of guy, seems like he's, He's got it all together. Seems like things are things li- things are always rocking and rolling. But he he opened up to me there on the phone. He told me, "Man, I've really been worrying about how we're going to make it through this next month." And uh, was was able to pray with him and encourage him. And and even more than just me talking to him, like that communicated to him, "Hey, God knows where I'm at. God knows. I'm not by myself in this. God knows." And he he told Seth, and he put Seth there to encourage me and pray with me and so God speaks through dreams um, with Cornelius he spoke through an angel there's lots of stories in the Bible 
about that. Um, I don't have any practical <laughs> experience with talking to angels. I think that would be uh, really something cool. I've I've read stories though. I know people who have who have seen angels. It's something that happens. Um, another way that God talks to us, that God speaks to us, is is through this, through the Bible. And uh, a lot of times it may it may happen. I mean, for me, it happens like this. Maybe I'm reading in the morning. I've got kind of a uh, you know read through the Bible in a year plan. So I'll just be sitting in my favorite chair, uh, reading before the before the kids get up, and uh, I'll hit a verse. And it's like that verse just kind of jumps off the page. It's like, whoa, that seems that seems really, really meaningful. I'll kind of read it again. It's like it's like that verse was put there just for me, just for that morning. This this book is not just words on a page. It's living and active. Sharper than a two-edged sword. God can speak through this, not just not just head knowledge, but God will use it to speak directly to you. Maybe something he wants you to know about how uh, just the kind of God he is, how his feelings towards you, his, uh, his plans for you. Maybe it's about God will use that to speak and challenge you. Maybe there's a conversation you need to have uh, with a friend and something jumps out at you in your scriptures and you think, that's it. That was the word I needed for to talk with that person about. All, all kinds of ways. God, God can use the scriptures to speak to you. Another way that God speaks is just with a, uh, with a still, small voice. Uh, in the Old Testament, there was a, a prophet, a guy named Elijah. And uh, there's a story. Elijah was hiding out in a cave. And there was, <coughs> there was a storm that came. And this, this raging storm and thunder and lightning. And Elijah had been, he'd been waiting to hear from God. He'd been listening for God. Um, and this storm comes, and, and he maybe have, was thinking, maybe this is God. Maybe God's going to speak through the storm. Uh, but the, the Bible says God wasn't in the storm. And then there was, uh, there was uh, a fire that came down. And it says God wasn't in the fire. There was an earthquake. The ground shook, and it says God wasn't in the earthquake. But then there was a light breeze, and the Bible says a still, small voice. And, and that was when Elijah heard God. And uh, so a lot of times uh, when God speaks to me, it's this still, small voice. Not, not even like an audible voice, just like a thought that will pop into my head. I mean, maybe... Maybe I'll be praying, I'll be asking God, and some, some thought will just jump into my head, and I'll think, oh, that's, that's interesting, that's weird. I feel like I wouldn't have thought that on my own. And you kind of, the, the more you listen to God, uh, the more you learn to recognize uh, what are God's thoughts, what he's saying, and what, like, just what my crazy mind is, is dreaming up. Because, I mean, God knows what's in my mind. There's crazy stuff, you know. And sometimes I think things... And I think, whoa, was that God speaking? And, you know, maybe I tell Shannon, and she's like, no, that wasn't, that was, you're weird. <laughs> I'm like, all right, great. See, that's the community. We need the community. But sometimes God will drop in a thought, and I'll think, man, I wasn't expecting that. I remember one morning, I was brushing my teeth, and uh, this weird thought popped into my head. It was about, about a career move actually, with my computer programming. Just, I thought, hmm, I wouldn't have thought that normally. 
And uh, it turned out to be God. And actually, because of that moment, I'm here today. I wouldn't be here if God didn't say what he said to me in the bathroom that morning back in St. Louis. Because what what God set in motion, I ended up uh, quitting my job, switching uh, kind of fields of expertise in computer programming, was able to uh, become mobile with my job, and uh, was able to move here and do a little work on the side. It all, it was, it was God speaking. It's amazing how he does this. Just drops a little thought right, right in the back of your head. So a lot of times God speaks like that. It, you may think, oh, it's, is it like this spooky voice out of heaven? No, it's, ju- it's just a thought, just a thought. And w- but we have friends. We have friends in church. We have community around us that we can talk things through and say, look, am I crazy? Is this me? Is this the sandwich I ate? Or is this God? And, th- and our friends can pray with us and confirm what God's saying. No, that seems to be God. It, it seems a little crazy. It seems a little out there. But I think this is God for you, man. You should, you should do what God is saying. And, th- and then we take action, like Peter, like Cornelius. It takes, it, we have to have uh, the safety of the community. Because actually, in the Old Testament, when God would speak, there was like one guy. God would speak to one guy. There was this prophet. And the penalty for getting it wrong, so uh, the Bible is very clear, like if, if someone faked God speaking to him to, you know, try to manipulate people or try to turn a situation in their favor, says, look, here's how you figure out if the prophet's real or not. If, uh, if what he says doesn't happen, uh, then you stone him. Like, whoa, okay. There, there were not any repeat offenders, right? You didn't just say, oh, God says this. It, it was very serious to say these are the words of God. Well, now, in once Jesus came, he sends the Holy Spirit. He puts his spirit in our hearts. We can all hear the voice of God. And, and because we can all hear the voice of God, we can help each other hear the voice of God. So we don't have to, like, stone each other if one of us gets it wrong. We have community. I can go to my friends. I can talk to Ryan or talk to Josiah or Jerry and say, hey, guys, I feel like God's saying this. And they, they have God's spirit in them. They can pray. They can hear God and say, yeah, I think God is saying this to you. And we're going we're gonna to hear the voice of God together. I love um, Kathy, what she shared this morning and what Jonah shared this morning. If you're new here, that wasn't, uh, like, planned uh, encouragement or planned uh, scripture reading, they, during the worship, they felt like God was reminding them of something that would encourage all of us. And so Kathy came up to me and, and kind of whispered in my ear, and I'm, I'm hearing what she's saying, and I'm, God, I'm feeling in my spirit, yeah, God's confirming that. God's speaking, and he wants us to know about how he loves us and how he's faithful to us. And then Jonah comes up with a very similar word about God being faithful to his promises. God's wanting to say something to all of us, and he's using, he's using different ones to share that. That's, that's kind of a practical way of how hearing God works. So we take action like they did. They, they took action. They didn't just hear God and stay in their chairs and think, oh, that's nice, that's encouraging. No, God, God spoke to Kathy for all of us. God spoke to Jonah for all of us so that we can all be built up. So I encourage you, if you're here next week, you feel like God's speaking something to you, don't, don't just keep it for yourself. Come up, share it with 
with me. We'll, we'll use it to encourage all of us. God speaks for other people. He speaks to us so that we can help, so that we can build up, so that we can encourage other people. And, and the, the most amazing thing, kind of my last point, so we, we're talking about hearing God. We first have to listen. Then we have to take action. We bring it before community. We get trusted people involved. And lastly, the, the best part of all, once we, once we take action on what God says, we get to see God do something amazing. We get to see things that we would not normally see if we hadn't listened to God. So what the reason I said this is my favor, favorite Bible story, this story is the reason that most of us are here today. And uh, let me explain. Got to give a little history lesson here. So originally, in the Old Testament, God came and spoke to one nation, to the Jewish nation. He spoke to the nation of Israel. They were his chosen people. He gave them promises. You're going to be my people, and I'm going to be your God. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to let you down. They were his chosen people. They had these promises to hold on to, his faithfulness. And uh, in this story here, up until this story, uh, even after Jesus had rose up into heaven, his disciples were sharing the good news with the nation of Israel, with the Jewish people. It had, the promise was for the Jewish people. Um, but God starts to do something crazy here. He shows Peter this vision, and Peter's like, what? I, you know, God, I can't eat these animals because of my traditions. They're, they're unclean. I'm not allowed to. And, and God shows him, hey, it's not about food. It's about these people that you used to not hang out with. So Jews were not allowed to hang out with uh, what's called Gentiles. So Gentiles, basically, that word just means not Jew. So that would be a lot of us here. That would definitely be me. Um, they, wor- they weren't allowed to uh, fellowship, to share a meal in the home of a Gentile, weren't allowed to socialize uh, because there was this danger of becoming ceremonially, ceremonially unclean by eating inappropriate foods and by not washing, by that sort of thing. But God shows Peter, hey, look, it's, n- it's not about this anymore because, because I'm the person who makes someone clean. It's a, it's a heart issue. And so Peter obeys God, and he goes uh, to the, the house of Cornelius, and right in front of his eyes, God drops his spirit on these people. And Peter's like blown away. How could this happen? I can't believe this. They, they, God gave them his spirit just like he gave us, the promised chosen people of God. Now I see that God loves, God loves everybody. It says God doesn't show partiality. All Anyone who comes to God can find life and can find forgiveness. And so this, this story for us, this is why I get to be here in, in, in and a part of the family of God. It's because Peter heard God's voice and he took action and obeyed. It's because Cornelius heard God's voice and he took action and obeyed. That's why I get to be here. It says in uh, Ephesians, let me, uh, let me grab this real quick. It says in Ephesians uh, 2, verses 11. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read this. 
uh, the Apostle Paul's writing to Gentiles, to non-Jewish people. He says, uh, therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles, uh, he says, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. You were strangers to the covenants of promise, strangers to God's promises. You had no claim on the promises of God. God didn't make his promises to you. He made them to Israel, to the Jewish people, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And, and because these guys heard God's voice and followed this crazy, strange plan of God's, we who are not a part of the people of promise get to be adopted into the people of promise. We who didn't have any claim on God's promises can now claim God's promises as ours. Like Kathy said, God's faithful. He's not going to leave me because he promised. He promised in his word he's going to be there for us. This is, this is what happens when we listen to God's voice and take action. God does amazing things. He changes history. He changes people's eternities and forevers because we just ask, God, what do you want to speak? What do you want to do today? I'm up for it. And it takes it's it's very inconvenient to listen to God. I'll say that. I mean, Peter, he had to travel to another city. He had to pack his bags when these guys came. Cornelius had to host a family reunion on the spot. You know, that's not always the easiest thing, depending on your in-laws. Uh, God, when God speaks, plans have to change. I don't know. Maybe Peter was planning on speaking at a meeting that evening. Like I said, a chapter ago, he just... Raised a girl from the dead. I mean, he was probably in demand as a public speaker. But he, he says, no, God's speaking. I'm going. Plans change. Th when God speaks, plans have to change. It gets inconvenient. But it's, it's so worth it. So worth it. Only when God speaks, new life is, new life is birthed out of something that would have been hopeless, that would have been worthless.